I had the honor, um, but also the, the, the difficult task of uh, performing a memorial service uh, for a family here in the church this past week. Um, and um, uh, as uh, it was beautiful, um, it was an incredible um, just moment to, uh, to remember the legacy uh, of, of this man, the father of, of uh, John and Jeff Claus. And, um, and one of the things that really stuck with me is that uh, as each of his sons, his three sons, they each got up and they shared their memories, spoke eloquently of, of their father. And, uh, but each of them said, you know, my dad always used to say <laughs> such and such, right? My dad always used to say like, um, hey, you can come and ask me for help with anything, but don't ever ask me to do something for you. That's good, right? It's like, it's okay if you fail, but don't ask me to do it for you. You need to learn how to do it, and I'll help you, but, right? Um, but what they didn't say is they didn't say, hey, I remember one time my dad said this, and it always stuck with me. All the things that they mentioned were things that, the, that their dad said over and over and over again, and because that's what we do when we have something important to share, right? It's a, um, it's a reminder, it's, it's, a, it's a remembrance of, of uh, it, it's something that, if there's something important, we want to communicate that in a way that it will be remembered. And, and the way that we do that is that we say it over and over and over again. We're going to look at reminders uh, this morning, the things that, 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 that God wants to drill into our heart. Um, in a much more lighthearted sense, uh, as, I, as I get my kids ready every morning for school, Every morning, it's like they have, it's like that movie Memento. Do you guys ever see that movie Memento? They wake up and they have no memory of who they are, <laughs> what they're supposed to do, what, what, you know, did you, put any, did you put your homework in your book bag? No. Did you do your homework? No. <laughs> did you brush your teeth? No. Have you eaten breakfast yet? Nope. <laughs> are you going to get dressed? I will. You're right? Like, I mean, every morning, anybody can relate to this as a parent, it's like your kids, like, don't remember how to do it, and so you have to continually remind them because those things are important. They don't have to be reminded to watch YouTube or to eat candy at 7 a.m., right? Those things they figured out. But, but the important things we have to remind and we have to drill in and kind of instill in them. And, so, and sometimes we resent those reminders. Um, but um, I, it's Mother's Day. You know, my mother, one of the things, whenever we lived out in the country and uh, whenever we were going somewhere, she would always, in the evening in particular, she'd say, watch for deer. Watch for deer, right? Like, continually, and I was kind of like, yeah, mom, I know. I grew up here my whole life. I know. Watch for deer. But as I'm driving down the road, that's like in my head, and uh, by God's grace, I never hit a deer, which is practically a miracle, like growing up where I did, like that, because people hit deer all the time. Um, but, but we tell these things, sometimes we, we get tired of hearing it, but, it, but it's important. It's, it's an investment into us. And so we're going to look at, at something that Peter says about reminders uh, this morning. And really what this is, is it's just, it's a continuation of what we talked about last week, but it even goes back two weeks. Two weeks ago, we looked at Matthew 28 at the end of the, the Gospel of Matthew is this great commission that says, I want you to go into all the nations and I want you uh, to make disciples and I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them everything, uh, to obey everything that I've commanded you. And so we have the command from Jesus in Matthew 28. And then in this letter, uh, the second letter that we have from Peter, we see what that looks like in a really fleshed out kind of way. What does it look like to make disciples? And he's showing us what that looks like. And so if we aspire to do that, this is a, a great picture of what that's meant to look like. So we're going to look at, we're going to look at the reminder that we need. We're going to look at the realization that we need, and we're going to look at the revelation that we need. So we need a reminder, we need a realization, and we need a revelation uh, in order to walk 
daily with Jesus. So, hey, would you do this? Uh, let's pray. Let's ask God to, to speak to us in ways that, uh, that only he can, and let's prepare our hearts. God, uh, we come before your word uh, with reverence, with honor this morning, with respect. Um, we, we value the fact that you loved us enough uh, to leave us um, uh, a picture of who you are in the Bible, in your word. You, you paint this beautiful picture of, of your nature and your character and what you desire for us and who we are in relationship to you. And I pray that each time that we open it up, that um, it just reminds us who we really are and helps us to live in light of that truth instead of the truth that the world puts on us. Uh, Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see things that we wouldn't see without your help. Um, reveal yourself, show yourself this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, beginning of Second Peter chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 12. And here's what he says. He says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right, as long as I am in this body, to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able to recall these things. And so let's pause there, there for a moment. The first thing that we see here is that he says, hey, I'm here to give you a reminder and anytime that we want to walk forward in discipleship with Jesus, if we want to walk in relationship with him, uh, we need that. We need that relationship. We need that reminder. We need somebody who's going to be there to continue to speak God's truth into our lives. It's, it's so important, and, it's, and it happens in relationship. And Peter has this loving relationship with these believers, and he wants them to, to remember all these incredible true things uh, that God has told them and communicated to them. And he says, uh, he says uh, I'm not going to tell you something you don't know, right? You got to be aware of that when, uh, I know that's like, that's everything we see on the internet, right? It's all clickbait. It's right, seven things you never knew about Jesus, right? Or, or five things you, you would never expect about the end times. Um, I'm just up here to tell you, when Keith gets up to preach, when I get up to preach, we're going to tell you, if you've been in the church a little while, we're going to tell you stuff that you've probably already heard before, uh, but you need to be continually reminded of it. Uh, I'm going through in discipleship um, uh, this book, uh, A Loving Life, written by Paul Miller. Um, it's about how to live with God's kind of love. And I read chapters this week that I've read three or four times, probably more. And I read them and I was like, man, I needed to hear that. <laughs> I needed to be convicted by that. I needed to be reminded that that's what love is really supposed to look like. And so um, Christianity is not about checking off, okay, I learned that, move on. I learned that, move on, right? It's, it's continually living in a few simple truths. Um, and this is the, the beauty of God. He didn't create this very uh, complicated, tough to figure out, um, unfathomable religion that you'll never get to the bottom of. What he did is he said there's some real basic simple truths, and if you learn to live in these, you'll experience joy, you'll experience blessing, you'll experience nearness to me. Jesus boiled it down to love God and love your neighbor. He said, you can really make it just that simple. Uh, it says in the Bible that we have to enter in with the faith of a child. And so he's not trying to twist you up. He's not trying to complicate you. Beware of teachers that, that, that are, are trying to, to paint a picture of something that's so complex that you can't even wrap your mind around it. The truth of the gospel is that it's, it's simple and that, and that we're here to remember that. But it's simple, to, it's simple. It's a simple truth that is incredibly difficult to apply into your life, right? Because whenever there's broken, when there's a fracture in relationship, 
uh, in your home, with your spouse, with your children, with your parents, with your coworkers, if there's something broken, the gospel is the answer <laughs> to that brokenness. And, and it's our job to figure out how it applies. And that's not always obvious. And that's where we need people to speak in relationship into our lives. He says, hey, I know I'm putting off my body soon. In your translation, it might say tent. He uses actually this word tent to have this, this, this incredible word picture of like these bodies that we have, it feels like this is all there is ever going to be, right? We feel like we're going to live forever. We feel like we have eternity, like this is all that we know. But the reality is, is this is a tent. <laughs> it's a temporary structure. God gives it to us at birth. We reside in it for a time. And then the tent is folded up and we move on. And he's living with that perspective. He said, hey, I know. And he's, he's referencing here Jesus, if you remember, uh, when Jesus appeared after he resur resurrected from the grave and, and he went and he appeared to his disciples and he was walking with Peter and he said, uh, he said hey, you're going to follow in my path. And Peter, being just like the rest of us, looked over at John. He said, well, what about that guy? <laughs> and Jesus said, don't worry about that guy. <laughs> Whatever happens to him is up to him, but, but you are going to walk the path that I walked, meaning that, that your path of obedience is going to lead you to death just as, as mine did, but I'm with you. And so Peter said, hey, I know I don't have much time, and so the time that I have, I'm going to remind you of the truth that you already know. I'm going to remind you of what, what, what has already been communicated to you. Now, what, what are these truths? What's everything that we looked at last week in the beginning in, in verses 1 through 11 of, of 2 Peter? And it's so much more, but it's at least that, right? That, that leadership in the kingdom is servant leadership. That the first will be last and the greatest are not above the others. That, that we all have a faith of equal standing even with the apostles because of the righteousness of Jesus. That Jesus is not just our Savior, but he's also our Lord. He's our God. We're, we're called to be obedient to him. Uh, that he can multiply grace and peace in our life. Uh, and, and that comes through knowing him, that, that we've been granted everything that we need for life and godliness. See, I just preached this last week, and you're already like, I forgot that, right? <laughs> you're already remembering, like, yeah, that was good, but I already forgot about it, right? We have everything that we need for life and godliness. Did you come to a point this week where you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I'm failing at life? <laughs> and did you forget that God has given you everything that you need, but you just have to lean into him, and it comes through knowing him? that we're called to live up to his standard of glory and excellence, that, that we've been granted these precious and very great promises that through knowledge of him, uh, that, that we can enter in and become partakers of the divine nature and put off uh, the sinful flesh that holds us back, like all this great stuff. He's like, that's what I need to remind you. And I could say it all in five minutes, but I could do it for the rest of my life, and, and, and it would be valuable to you if I continue to remind you of these things. So the first thing that we need is a reminder. Do you have somebody in your life who speaks reminders into, into, your, into your life. Uh, not just a preacher who gets up here on Sunday morning and speaks truth, which you need that, right? Church is, is necessary, but it's, it's not sufficient. If you just come in on Sunday morning and get a 30-minute message and expect that to carry you through the week, it's not going to be enough. So you need that, but you also need people in your life who know and love Jesus and that, that you can go to them and say, man, I'm really struggling with this. Can you, can you remind me what the Bible says about how I can apply the truth of the gospel into this situation? Um, can you remind me when I forget, <laughs> when I kind of lose perspective, can you come and, and tell me when I get off base? You need to invite people into your life that way. Because none of us is, uh, man, we're good at rationalizing, right? We're good at justifying our behavior. <laughs> we're good at convincing ourselves that what we're doing is the right thing. 
And we need people that are going to speak honestly into our life and that we give them permission and we don't, we don't uh, begrudge them when they, when they point out when we're falling short. So we begin with a reminder. Let's pick up in verse 16. He says, uh, he says for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased, we ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. We need a reminder. We need a realization. We need to realize who Jesus is. And I think it's really profound that Peter, when he's talking about, you know, this is Peter who walked for three years with Jesus on the earth in his earthly ministry. He got to see Jesus feed the 5,000. He got to see Jesus walk on water, and he got invited out of the boat to go do it with him. Uh, he, he, he experienced healing. Peter himself was able, through God's power, to heal people. And he's like, you know what's still blowing my mind? It's when Jesus invited us up on the mountain, and we saw a tiny glimpse of who Jesus really is. That changed things. It wasn't Jesus doing, it was Jesus being that left the greatest impact on Peter's life. Uh, I hope that you've had some glimpse of this experience with Jesus. I, I hope that part of your testimony and your story is that you've had moments where you just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is real. Uh, I know I've shared this story before, so I'll give the truncated version of it, right? But when we were, we were on a mission trip down in Brazil and um, spending time in the morning doing devotions, coming together, praying, and uh, Stephanie Doback, who's the wife of Brian Doback, who planted the, the church up in Doylestown, Stream Song, um, Stephanie's like, hey, I was going through my morning devotions, and, and this uh, passage in Numbers 11 really jumped out at me. I know how many of you guys have been reading Numbers? Yeah, right? You've all been reading Numbers this week, right? And she read it, and it was about, um, it was about when... Um, uh, when Moses was trying to do everything on his own and, and, um, and, and people started prophesying and they're like, hey, you shouldn't let them prophesy. And Moses is like, I wish everybody would prophesy. It, it's a cool passage, but for whatever reason, as she's reading this, like, we just start crying, right? Like it's just, you could just feel like God was speaking to us. And we didn't even really understand what he was saying in that moment, but it was just kind of this powerful moment. And we're like, wow, that was, that was amazing. And, and so we walked away from that. We went about our day. We were doing um, we were doing some work projects, and then we went over to this soccer academy, and we're sharing, and I shared, you know, my testimony and got to talk to the kids about soccer. And then the soccer coach, uh, who's Brazilian, gets up, and he starts talking to him without a translator. So we don't know what he's saying, but we pick up enough in Portuguese to be like, did he just say numbers 11? And, uh, and, um, and so when it's done, we're talking to, to the translators who speak both languages, and they're like, tell us about what he was saying. And... Uh, and he's telling these like little eight and nine, ten-year-old soccer players about Numbers eleven when uh, when when Moses <laughs> was saying that he wished everybody would prophesy in the spirit. And it was just one of those moments. You're like, what on earth? Like God, how how do you orchestrate these things together? And it, and it was profound. And and for you sitting out there, you might be like, oh, you know, it sounds like a, a random chance, right? But but for us that were there, it was just this profound experience. Um, and hey, listen, I love myths. <laughs> I love stories. I like studying about the Greek gods. I like reading Shakespeare. Uh, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I cried during Endgame, right? Like, cried hard. Um, but it wasn't because it was true. <laughs> Those are myths. But it connected with something true 
a deeper truth. And in those moments when I've really realized who Jesus was, I realized that I was connecting into the, the pure source, the actual deeper truth, that Jesus is not representative of a deeper truth. He is the deeper truth. So how do we have these moments where we can, where we can have these realizations? How can, we, how can we have these moments where we come closer uh, to him? Well, there's a number of things. Uh, we do it by, by re reading his word, right? That, that devotional Numbers 11 wouldn't have happened if Stephanie wouldn't have been doing her daily Bible reading and just going through and God took her to that place, right? Um, you know, on a mission trip, you have the luxury of, of removing distractions out of your life and you're, and you're putting yourself in a devoted position of serving God. But we can do that right here. We don't have to, don't walk out of here saying, I got to buy a ticket to Brazil. Uh, I mean, it'd be awesome. <laughs> you can take me with you. Um, we can do that here and now, but you've got to get into a position. Man, we have so many distractions in our life that a lot of times we don't create space for God to reveal himself. Uh, and, and that's why we really value worship here, because worship is, is some of those moments where we can enter into the presence of God in a powerful way. I experienced something similar. We went... Um, uh, we have some sisters who live in Charlotte. We went down, we visited Elevation Church. It's like one of our favorite worship bands. Uh, we got to go see them at their home church. And, and I just remember going in there and listening to them play. And I just like, it's just this, um, this sort of experience, right? Um, now, I was reading in another one of Paul Miller's books this week. He said, God doesn't want to be experienced. He wants to be known. I think that's true. Um, but sometimes we know him a little bit more through experience. <laughs> if you're just for the experience and not the knowledge, you're missing out. Now, the, the Israelites were taken to the foot of the mountain, and when the thunder roared, and, and, and they, were like, they were like, Moses, you go up there. We don't want to go. <laughs> you go tell us what God is doing and, and come back and communicate to us, right? They both, Moses experienced God. They experienced God, but they experienced him without knowledge. Moses got to experience God with knowledge. That's what we should be pursuing. Not an experience, but a knowledge of God that comes through. Every once in a while, he gives us these moments. And we can't fabricate them. We can't make them happen. But we can put ourselves in position to see who he is. And man, that transforms us. That changes us. So we need a reminder. We need a realization of who Jesus is. And, and third, we need a revelation. Let's look at, at verse 19. It says, We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, what Peter's talking about here is that, that we have the revelation of who God is and who Jesus is through his word. Like he's given us, uh, some people say this is your owner's manual of how you do life. I, I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> This is a picture of who God is, <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's called in Scripture, it's a mirror uh, that we look into and we see who we're really meant to be. Um, I don't think it's wrong to look in it. There's a lot of good things that tell you how to live your life better, but ultimately, it's not about you. This is not a book about you. This is a book about God, and, and he wants to reveal himself. And, and, and it's more fully confirmed. And so what he says is, as you understand who Jesus is, you can read all of Scripture and you can see Jesus jumping off the page in themes like king and kingdom or the theme of the covenant uh, or the theme of, of, of a true home and being exiled from your home and, uh, and the theme of Sabbath, uh, the theme of justice and judgment, 
uh, the theme of righteousness and nakedness, like all these themes. This um, um, Tim Keller shares in his preaching book that how to preach Jesus from every passage, and that's actually what we're going to look at in the uh, the teaching scripture workshop this weekend. We're going to look at how do you connect all these different themes, these characters, uh, these these ideas, uh, things like the sacrificial system and the temple. How do all those things point to Jesus? And when you see that it's more fully confirmed and you understand even more who Jesus is. He says that the Bible is our lamp until Jesus, who is the word became flesh, dawns and appears. This is like a lamp to light our way. We don't worship this. This is is a tool that God has given us. So we don't worship the Bible, but the Bible is a powerful tool that God has given us. It's like a lamp to shine the way in the darkness until Jesus himself comes. And when Jesus comes, we won't need this because <laughs> we'll have him right in front of us, right? But until that time, he's confirmed through this. And it talks about the authority of Scripture. It says none of this prophecy, it wasn't like people just wrote this stuff. They were led by the Holy Spirit that they were, they were carried forward. He says it in very uh, poetic language, right? But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And that's how the Bible is able to be written by all these different authors, Um, in their own writing styles and in their own way of communicating, and yet they're carried along by the Holy Spirit to communicate this one consistent, powerful truth about the nature of God and about the nature of Jesus. And so my question for you is this, which, which, which of these is lacking in your life? Do you need to develop a relationship with someone who will remind you of the truth about who you really are and what you need to hear? Do you need to approach an existing relationship differently so that they will remember God's truth after you are gone. I don't aspire to be anybody's guru, anybody's mentor. I don't want anybody to spend time with me and say, man, I got to get more time with Ezra so I can learn more. I want you, I want, I want to spend the little time that I have reminding you that all the truth you need is right here. Because when I'm gone, you still have everything you need, Right? Is that how you approach your relationships? Is your relationship structured to say, hey, in the little time that I have, I want to give it to you so that you're easily able to remember all the things that you need to know when I'm gone? Are you putting yourself into a position to have an encounter with Jesus, to realize who he really is? Are you creating space in your life? And are you putting yourself into positions? You know, we've got a worship night coming out in a couple of nights. In a couple of weekends, we're going to do a worship night. One of the reasons we do that is so that you can come and you can have an encounter with Jesus. I can't guarantee you that'll happen, but if you put yourself in the room, <laughs> you got a good shot at it, right? Third, are you, are you paying attention to the lamp? Or are you stumbling in the darkness? Do you treasure and value God's word? Do you come and look at it and say, man, like, if I'm not looking at this, then I'm stumbling around in the darkness. I'm in the darkness without a flashlight. I need a lamp. And the Bible says it's a word to it. It's a lamp to our feet. Really, it lights the next step. It doesn't show us a year into the future. You can't come and read up and then say, I'll come back next year when I need a recharge, right? It's a daily walk. It's, it's enough light to see the next step in front of you. That's what, what God's word is meant to be for us. Is that how you look at it? Is that how you value it? Finally, I would say this. Uh, life is beautiful. It's full of meaning and purpose and reason and hope and joy despite our circumstances, but, but it's only possible with a relationship with Jesus. You can, you can create some sort of purpose. You can manufacture some sort of joy, but deep, true, lasting purpose, meaning, hope, love comes from a relationship with Jesus. And if you don't have that, 
I would encourage you that today's the day. And you just bring whatever you are before him. He doesn't need you to clean yourself up. He doesn't need you to go through a bunch of things. He just wants you to come and say, God, I need you. And if you believe that Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, the Bible says. If you haven't taken that step, today's the day. Join me in prayer.